everybody, Kirk here. You're listening to the Church Theology Podcast, a podcast on the church for the church. As I said, my name is Kirk Miller. I'm here with Dan Allen. Hey! <laughs> and uh, we're talking about God's view of the church. Last week, uh, we, we began that discussion by looking at a variety of passages in Scripture where we see God's view of the church. And today we want to continue with part two of that discussion by just reflecting on what does it look like when we as the church and as particular individuals and Christians, um, members of the church, what does it look like when we adopt that view as our own? Um, what sort of implications should it have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so before we jump into that, let's, why don't we quickly recap where we were last week, uh, just getting God's view of the church. And but Does it sound like we're on a jet plane here? Or what's going on? <laughs> My computer, is uh, its fan is running. Got it, okay. I, I didn't know if this house was like a transformer or something. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. I'll try to that's edit good. that out so the <laughs> listeners may not notice it. Right, okay. All right. Well, anyhow, we looked at several passages viewing uh, or trying to get the same view that God has for the church. And you can sum it up by just saying that God is absolutely crazy about the church. He adores the church. Ephesians 5 describes the church as his bride. Uh, Acts 9, we saw that Jesus so identifies with the church that he tells Paul, like, when you persecute my people, you're persecuting me. First uh, Timothy, we saw uh, that the church is the household of God. Acts 20 was the flock of God. Uh, and yet the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. And the flock is it's a vulnerable people, but uh, it's it's a, like cared for by the sheep. It's a secure people under the great shepherd. And then Revelation 19, we, we looked at the, the day of the great marriage of the lamb uh, when the bride has made herself ready and presented before the lamb. And uh, what a day that will be and the expectation and joy uh, in our <laughs> Lord's heart to see his bride. Uh, face-to-face in, in that setting. Yeah. And, uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a exalted view of the church uh, that God has. It's, it's yeah. a beautiful view. And it's it's really easy for us to sort of view the church and, you know, we just have our own spectacles, our own human spectacles. It's just an ordinary, mundane group of people. And in right. some sense, that's true. We are, yeah. we are ordinary. Yeah, we are right. mundane. Yeah. There's nothing like sort of yeah. special about us in and of ourselves. Yeah. And yet there's this, all of these things are just loaded with grace. All of these, vi- these vision, these, this imagery, this language that the Bible uses for the church is loaded with grace and the fact that God has bestowed such love on the church to call the church his bride, a people that don't, de- that doesn't deserve to be his bride, right. a people that, that don't deserve to be his, his sheep, his flock. Um, but it also like, what we want to talk about today as well is like when we actually get caught up in that vision um, how empowering that is for us to, when we get together, for example, on a Sunday and the church assembles to be like, we are a part of something incredible right now. Right. This isn't right. just some random group of people, in our case, showing up in a gym to yeah. sing some songs and listen from a book. Right. But we I mean, are you were dressed up and you, I'm, you know, I'm sure you look great. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I look, I'm sure I look nice with my, <laughs> my nice uh, collared shirt on that I wear and you with your polo, if you're really going, getting into <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like the point is, That's like right. there is something remarkable happening yeah. here. This is where God's plan of of renewal, um, yeah. and and saving people is happening. Yeah, yeah. So this is good. It's a good segue. So let, let's jump into some of these reflection questions. Uh, and that first one being, like, what what are if if the church can if we can view or see God's view of the, the local church this way, what sort of effect do you think that this view of the church? 
uh, would have on us as corporately, not individuals yet, just corporately. Uh, what are some thoughts that come to your mind? Yeah. So the one is that there's a there's a level of security that we have mm-hmm. as as God's people. Like we can be like we don't have to pretend like we have it all together. Right. Yeah. Um, because that's the, the view of the church isn't somehow that the church is, you know, it's like an exclusive club for only those who meet the certain qualifications of having their life put together. Mm-hmm. The qualification is that we don't have our life together and that we're people who recognize that and believe in Jesus. Right, right. And so like there's a certain like I don't have to show up to um, the to my interactions with with the, my fellow believers in the church. And pre- like I can be vulnerable. There's a yeah. level of vulnerability that can come with that. Yeah. Like we own our identity um, in Christ, and, and part of that being that we are we are sinners in Christ who who are in need of of repair, and mm-hmm. and other people can hold me accountable and, and help with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really good. That 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 sense that we're used uh, security, like a a joy in the security is is. is uh, I like that because, you know, most of us living in this world have experienced uh, some very conditional love or, mm-hmm. um, you know, people that get frustrated with us or kind of toss us out eventually. Yeah. Um, and yet, hopefully, each of us have caught a glimpse, at least, of what unconditional love could be like. And if, you know, maybe you're listening and you haven't, we can envision this is what I would want it to be. Mm-hmm. Like... But if you've, if you've tasted it at all, there is a deep sense of security that even in our blemishes, even in our failures, that I don't have to worry whether or not that person still adores me. Yeah. Um, like with a parent to a child, like in a healthy yeah. parent to child relationship, yes. like with my kids, if my, if one of my daughters like does something, you know, wrong, I'm not going to love her less because right. of it. Yeah. I may be, I, I, of course I find that unpleasing. Right. But I'm not going to love her less because of it. And if she right. does, if she behaves well, I'm not going to yeah. love her more because of it. Because yeah. my love isn't conditioned mm-hmm. based on how she performs. Yeah. Um. In this, in similarly with the church, like we are part of the definition of being the church as a, as a, as saved uh, sinners is that we don't have it all together, and that's not the basis of our fellowship. That's not the basis of wh- who we are as a people mm-hmm. and why mm-hmm. we've come together. Yeah. Yeah. And I like it, uh, the way you're talking. I don't know if it's intentional or not, but when you're talking about coming together too, there's just a, um, when I think of it like a Sunday morning or something or a small group or whatever, you, when you're gathering with the people of God, a local church, and you're coming together, um, that we, we should expect that it, it just warms the heart of God. Like, yeah. like this, when, when 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3 uses the church as the temple of God, um, as like, this is the very unique dwelling place. Like we can expect that God is with us and in a powerful way. And he's delighted that we're there. Yeah. Like he's not like, Oh great. Here come these people again. Yeah. These annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I better show up for another boring hour and 15 minutes. Right. It makes but, me think of, of, I think the illustration, the parable, and I think it's in the gospel of Luke where you get the widow who's persistent. Yeah. Um, and has to annoy the unjust ruler for her plea, but God isn't like the unjust yeah, ruler. Yeah. Um, right. The contrast almost makes that parable even stronger. Yeah. And even thinking about the temple, like we didn't talk about that image last in our last episode, but the idea right. of the temple, like this in the Old Testament, this very like this is the only place where that that temple right. the, of true worship exists. This yeah. is the unique place where God can dwell among His people, right. and yet 
by granting us the Spirit and pouring it out among to be uh, received by all the people of God. Now the church, the very people, like God dwells with, with his people yeah. very intimately yeah. in that way. Yeah, that's right. Uh, one other effect uh, I think this can have on the church corporately is that we become a risky people. Like we can we can lose on earth, so to say, mm-hmm. right? Because we are secure in God and through Christ and who we are, our identity, as well as our future. Like this is this is not our home. We are citizens of some some other land, the promised land where we are headed uh, to the new heavens, the new earth. Uh, so we can we can take risk in the sense of uh, we can lose um, for the sake of the gospel. Yeah. Like the idea of living sacrificially, not yeah. risky in the sense of like reckless or foolish, right. but the, in the sense of like, I actually, it is, it's actually wise to live risky in this way because I'm, I'm living for eternal, something that's actually of eternal yeah. value. Yeah. I can sacrifice for my fellow believers, um, even if it costs me something that in terms of an earthly, worldly perspective on things would be a really dumb thing to, to forsake or like I'm, I'm sort of foregoing something that selfishly i would want mm-hmm. but it actually mm-hmm. makes sense to live riskily and and sacrificially for the church and mm-hmm. for others because yeah. of the value that god puts yeah. in it because there's, there's a freedom from fear in that and that's that, that's a good thing like like you bring up the family like it's a, a a child that is secure in the care of the parent in this life like right they are free to to kind of take risks at the park or just do things because they yeah. know that the parent is going to be there to care for them yeah. and watch over them. I remember just the other day you were talking about how you guys were doing family worship at your house and one of your mm-hmm. kids was raising questions about like you're talking about some subject and one of the kids was like raising things like, well, I, don't, I was wondering about this or I don't know about this or I have questions mm-hmm. about this. Mm-hmm. And just like um, just the there was you kind of reflected about the joy that you had because your child felt free right. in that setting to like say like, no, no one's like it's. It's okay for me yeah. to wrestle with these things and to think through these things because yeah. there's a security right, underlying right. all of it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Now, so, what about uh, yeah? What about uh, as individuals? So it's uh, on a corporate level. You know, this should affect have an effect on us. But what about as individuals? Um, getting this view of God's view of the church, how might that affect us individually? Yeah. So I think on an individual level, I mean this. It, probably is the most obvious thing is that we should love the people of the church, the particular mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think this God's vision of the church, understanding the biblical view here is going to help us with is sometimes we want to maybe um, just, we can be inclined, like naturally speaking, to just like people who are like us or people mm-hmm. that we just find attractive. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe they're right. cool or right. hip or we have the same hobbies. Um, but the unique thing about the church is that we are fellowshiped, fellowship yeah. being this word of like, commonality and being brought together mm-hmm. in that way we're fellowshiped around the gospel and so i can i can find myself having like i've been part of churches where i'm hanging out with someone in their 80s mm-hmm. who like when would i ever do that normally except if they're like my grandparent mm-hmm. that's like not normal like and that's that's a, actually a huge testimony to the surrounding world to see the church yeah. just having these relationships across normal barriers whether that's racial mm-hmm. um lines or whether that's economic differences or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be um we we love people that even that it, with an unnatural sort of yeah. unexpected sort of love yeah 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 and then I, perhaps this is just adding to that or i don't know if this is a new category but even just uh caring for others just like despite all their blemishes their failures their shortcomings that you know when you're in a 
uh, you know, if you use the image of marriage, um, like I have flaws. I mean, uh, Danica realized that eventually, right? And uh, so she has flaws too. Yeah. But the ability and the choice to love in spite of that and move. Do you say in spite of that or despite that? I always get those mixed up. You know what I'm saying? I think. Like, yeah, I think that. Sound basically the same to me. We'll go with <laughs> <Right>. it. <laughs> Regardless, you can look. You look past them, and yeah. like you know, as, as individuals, to to look at the church and and realize, like, yeah, this is not going to be a perfect place, and uh, I I'm here to care for it, and I'm expecting it to be people that that mess up, and I'm I'm probably going to get hurt from my family members, but but I, these are people that God's crazy about, and. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna care for them regardless of that, just like you, just like you would family. Yeah, we think about that a lot of times. You can you hear stories about, or maybe our own experiences where people care for family members, even in ways where maybe that family member is not treating them well back, or mm-hmm. they're having to like right. do great sacrifices to care for a family member in that way. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that oftentimes people struggle with is the fact that you know the church has hurt them, or the church they see the church being hypocritical, or you know the church essentially being sinful and. Mm-hmm. And part of the view of the church from Scripture is that that shouldn't totally surprise us. Right. Like we shouldn't be taken aback when sinners act sinfully. Right. The church, Tim Keller, I think, says this well, where um, I read somewhere from him where he kind of reflected on that critique of Christianity. Like, well, the church is really messed up and you can find, you know, non-believers who maybe even live better or more um, generous or seemingly mm-hmm. more ethical or whatever mm-hmm. and he was kind of like well why would that be surprising the gospel the very thing at the center of christianity is a message about saving sinners as yeah. jesus said i have come yeah. i have come to call not the righteous or those who think they have mm-hmm. it all together but the sinner to repentance right. so in many ways we should expect the church to be messed mm-hmm. up now that's not an excuse for the church to kind of just carry on with its malpractice or whatever um but as, as as people with a vision for the church, we sort of we enter into this knowing, like, as some people have said properly, the church is not a museum of saints, but a hospital for mm-hmm. for sick mm-hmm. sinners. Mm-hmm. And so we enter in seeking to, as people who are sick ourselves, so if we say, well, the church is full of hypocrites, well, I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. Um, we enter in looking looking to to help and to and to and to receive other sinners. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Then one other thought I had in terms of individuals is that uh, it, it shouldn't this a view of the church that God has or closer to it. I, I think that should encourage us to want to hold folks accountable. Uh, or you might say, if if I see a brother or sister um, living in sin, to approach them. And um, I mean, for example, like if, if if I had a friend who I saw being tempted to um, go against his wife, like. Wouldn't it be the loving thing for me to say, no, like, I care for your wife, too, and you. Like, I, I need to help you out here. Like, that's not right. We can't do that. Mm-hmm. Or you would, you know, if a flock of sheep were together under one shepherd and the one sheep goes that way, if, if you know, it would be nice if one of the other sheep went and bit the heel of you. Yeah, get sheep. back you know, here. Like, yeah. get back here. Like, it's dangerous. And, uh, you know, having that view. But I think that's help, like, helpful for us in this type of a culture where we're a little bit nervous to kind of point out yeah um, where where we might see some someone kind of going astray or um, you know we're afraid because maybe because we are struggling ourselves and, and we don't want some if I start poking at someone yeah that's going to create this culture where we all are kind of 
getting right. any, getting each other's faces to hold each other accountable. And that's scary. Yeah. Right. But also, like you said, in our culture, I think we view lo- like to love other people is in many ways is to kind of just let them be themselves. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like you do you. And so to actually hold someone accountable, like what the Bible, what we describe as church discipline, where the church actually confronts people who are in unrepentant sin or mm-hmm. even just the idea of like church discipline on a more informal level where we're just holding each other accountable. That's viewed as unloving sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. that's a doctrine that a lot of people are like nervous about and push at, yeah. push back at. Um, but in many ways, if we understand that we actually want to seek the good, if we want to actually see the, the good of each other, that yeah. church discipline is actually the church practicing love. Right, right. Like the church, church discipline is a practice of of a church taking its job seriously mm-hmm. and wanting to see the good of, of its members. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. All right. Let's move on to another reflection question. Um, if we had understood God's view of the church, um, what about when I don't quote unquote feel it? Yeah. And, and you know, I don't feel that same view towards the church for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what do I do then? Cause like what it, this could look like too, is that, I know this is true. Right. Like I, I, I could read through the same passages of scripture right. and like agree with, with everything that we're kind of discussing here. But maybe there's just a day where I'm just, I'm tired. Yeah. Or someone, mm-hmm. someone's been, someone in the church has really hurt me. Right. And I just, yeah, I know think? it. I just don't really feel like it. Yeah. Um, I think f- from where I'm kind of bent is, you know, there may be oftentimes where I don't necessarily feel like doing something mm-hmm. and i think at the end of the day we have to be grounded um first and foremost like in our in our convictions from scripture about these mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. where it's sort of like notwithstanding some sometimes there's this idea again in our culture where we want to be authentic and there's something good to that um mm-hmm. but the idea right. can kind of be like well if i don't feel like it i shouldn't do it otherwise it's hypocritical mm-hmm. and i don't think that's helpful yeah um because it's actually there's nothing inauthentic about saying, I don't feel like doing this, but deep down, I know this is the right thing to do. And I'm convicted to be disciplined, like Mm -hmm. discipline, um, discipline to do things even when I don't feel like it. Like Mm -hmm. if someone doesn't feel like going to the gym and they go to the gym anyways, we don't say, well, you're a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. You know, we say, wow, that's, that's very disciplined of you. That's Mm -hmm. very good. And I think the same thing when it comes to the church, like we don't all, we're not always going to feel like it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but we have, we sh- we need to be grounded in the conviction, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I agree. I think our culture um, values authenticity at, at this time, um, and then within the church too. There's also um, a lot of kind of people moving away from like a legalistic background as well. Yeah. Um, so that kind of comes to play here, where it's like if I don't feel it, I think somebody c- could be tempted to hear a little bit of that discipline language where they feel like, well, that's just like, that's legalism then. Yeah. And for sure that could be like, if, yeah. if you're taking it and saying, well, you don't feel it, but you have to do it anyways. Like, um, if you're saying I have to do it because that, that's how I s- remain part of the church or that's why God still likes me. Yeah. Yes, or you just do legalism. it to do it. Yeah. And th- like there, we don't care if you feel yeah. like we do want to have affection. Like we don't want to ignore right. that. We should want to because of an affection yeah. for the church. But even I, I do like what you're saying though, because even when you don't feel it, there is still a way to discipline yourself to do it because you know, it's right. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, you have young kids, uh, 
for the most part, thankfully, our kids are sleeping through the night, but you yeah. have two little ones. I mean, I'm guessing you're still getting up in the middle of the night. Yeah. I'm guessing you don't always want to. No. Nope. Uh, but you do it. <laughs> but you, you do don't it question it. Yeah. And you probably even wake up and say, ah, <laughs> oh, just go back to bed. Yeah. But, you, but there's something deep in you and you say, but I love this child. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Now, so I think if we have the right convictions from Scripture that is stirring up a deeper love than just feeling. Yeah. Like we right. are in a feelings-driven culture. But love is much deeper than feeling. It's not that is not feeling. It's right. when you stand at the altar on your wedding day and you say that I'm I I I do like I commit to love you, even when I don't like when I don't feel it. Like that's what you're saying, and as the way I understand the vows, um, that's what true love does: is you push through the feelings because there's true love. Yeah, like to use the illustration of the gym again, like that person who goes to the gym even though they don't feel like it mm-hmm. on that day. Nonetheless, the whole reason they're going is because deep down they still want to. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. They wouldn't do it if they didn't want to. And there's a similar right. way where it's like if we – this discipline – when we talk about this, when I'm talking about discipline, like we shouldn't hear it as absent of like actually having a right. love for the church. Yeah. Because it means I have a love even when I don't necessarily – I have a love for the church. I'm going to – I'm still going to care for the church and, yeah. and carry out this vision even when I don't necessarily sort of on a superficial level yeah. just feel like doing yeah. it. Yeah. Which – so – then there's a step kind of before this, um, which actually goes to a couple podcasts from now when we talk about theology and the importance of theology and kind of the patches that we went through is just simply doing a little bit of systematic theology saying, what what is God's view of the local church? And let, me, let God stir my heart up towards that. So I need to think rightly, which means I need <coughs> my mind to be renewed and shaped by, by God's view, which comes from Scripture. So there needs to be a little bit of study beforehand. So I, I'm getting these thoughts um, poured into me by God, uh, by the power of the Spirit through the Word of God. Yeah. Uh, kind of stirring that up in me. And so we always want to start. I mean, that, that it wasn't it wasn't accidental that we started with Scripture before right. we moved to the reflection. Right. Yeah. Another uh, another something that would be good to talk about is what are the main reasons that we don't view the church this way. Because a lot of, I mean, a lot of us, we struggle. And we're putting ourselves in the boat. We don't want to, Dan and I aren't trying to put, our, trying to put ourselves on the pedestal as mm-hmm. if somehow we have it all together and we don't ever struggle with this either. So what are sort of the main reasons that we don't um, always view the church this way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know for, uh, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind for myself is, uh, you know, having an exalted view of myself. So when I when I think I have everything together and I look at other people and they don't, um, that's just the way I look at people. That's uh, mm-hmm. a, a sinful heart there, right? Self righteous, prideful heart. Um, so that, that's just a brokenness in me that um, I don't know where to go after that. Yeah, uh, I don't but know what part else to of it say. is like failing. <laughs> part of it is like I guess you're just owning that's the that's issue. right. But like part of it is failing to see the how god is going to use like how he intends to use other people even yeah. in all their their warts and everything mm-hmm. and how you need other people like he's gifted the church right um i think one of the large one of the largest reasons probably is what we've talked about a lot is like just the nature of the church being sinful and mm-hmm. hypocritical at times and um, a lot of people have been hurt by the church and mm-hmm. that becomes then sort of a trump card over what I think is a, is a right theology of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that's a huge thing is that we've been, a lot of us have been hurt by the church. Yeah. I would throw myself in that boat as well. Mm-hmm. Can, uh, go ahead. Oh, were you done with that one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. The, 
So if you have more to say, <laughs> no, go for it. <laughs> right. um, I think just our selfishness can come into play where it's like, I have my own hobbies or things I want to do and I want to go spend time doing this. But I mean, you know, really since I came to faith, uh, in, uh, old one, I mean, I spent a lot of time around the church and a lot of groups, a lot of Sunday morning services, a lot of just hang hangout time. And it's a lot of time invested. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, uh, Let's be honest. Sometimes, a lot of times, like nothing exciting happens, really, right? It's you get together and you kind of go over some things. You kind of go home. It's like, well, I could have done this with my time here, right? Yeah. And so it's it, there's almost like this selfish desire to not want to have that view because I just want to go do what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, but failing to see the joy that I actually miss out on because I've now been remade as one of God's people to have the same vision. Mm-hmm. for the church and it's good sacrifice to make but and part of it too is thinking is this assumption like i'm entering into the church context for like what i get out of it like i'm mm-hmm. a consumer right, and right. i want yeah. i it's sort of like what does am i being fed you hear that mm-hmm. language a lot mm-hmm. am i what am i getting here versus if we go mm-hmm. in saying you know obviously like we should we should be getting encouraged mm-hmm. but it, this is a two-way street and so even when i don't even when that's not necessarily like a lot of what's happening here like mm-hmm. i can still show up to serve other people mm-hmm. um and there might be context where that's primarily what's happening and that's okay and that's good because we should see yeah. the value in those people being edified mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think for myself sometimes like um sometimes it can be because our maybe we're having doubts about christianity or our faith is mm-hmm. waning and mm-hmm. so like obviously mm-hmm. the church being attached to that starts to wane as well but even if we're coming from a standpoint where you know, our conviction in Christianity and our passion for the gospel and the mission is still strong. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can just be an annoyance by the church. Mm-hmm. Like, man, it would just be, I just want to do this by myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I I feel sold out for Christ right now. And, and it's just, like, all these other people are just, they're just bums. Mm-hmm. And they're, they don't know what they're doing. And you can just kind of, like, when, sometimes it's a judgmental spirit. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of, like, it'd just be easier for me to just do this on my own. And it's 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 too mm-hmm. hard to try to cooperate with these folks over here yeah um which of course is prideful and selfish Mm -hmm. um and probably not fairly even accurate so yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but i think that can be a thought that enters in as well yeah i agree and and it's a way of assuming that god is just a little bit better than me like like he basically views the world the same way that i do and we we start to think our views trumps everything else versus like no this um this is actually the way that God views people. Like, he's crazy about them. Yeah. I mean, just think about how often we are mistaken about things. Yeah. How often we mishear things. How often we missee things, misremember things. Mm-hmm. Like, if we start entering life using our own experience, mm-hmm. our own perceptions, our own views as the guide for these things, mm-hmm. it's it's utterly foolish. Mm-hmm. We need to go to Scripture as our basis. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. we are going to be... like. Proverbs, lean not on your own understanding. In all your mm-hmm. ways, acknowledge him. Mm-hmm. We need that to be our yeah. guiding force. The, the last one that I had in mind is, is sometimes we can get so caught up quick, more quickly on the blemishes versus actually looking at the good qualities mm-hmm. uh, so that we're not l- allowing the good things that we experience in the local church to actually stir up yeah. this view in us more. We just get, you know, I... I I decided to start shaving my head bald here because my bald <laughs> was getting uh, bad. So it's been about a month and a half here or something. Uh, it's still like when I look in the mirror, like there's this like couple wrinkles on the top that 
Like, that's all I can see half the time. Yeah. And it's just like that you, you can see your own blemishes so much. Um, but when we do that towards other people, too, it's like that's all we can. That's all that gets colored is like I can only see the, the bad things here um, versus like there's a lot of great stuff going on. And yeah. that can really stir it up. Yeah, I think that's good. Um, so finally, maybe we can ask this is what would it look like? if we had this view of the church, like what if, mm. if there was mm. some, um, let's, let's say someone was doing some sort of study and they made us their guinea pigs mm. and mm-hmm. they were just, they were kind of like had cameras where they're able to kind of observe our life mm-hmm. and they, they couldn't hear what we said, like in terms of us articulating, like what we're saying right now, like we love the church, mm-hmm. but they just had to go off of how we lived our life and maybe yeah. conversations we had with other people or mm-hmm. things like that. What would, like, it's an interesting question to say, to just ask ourselves, is what would someone say about me? Would they say that I'm someone who loves the church? And it's interesting for us to ask, and what would the indicators be Mm -hmm. that we do or that we don't? Yeah, that's good. I think um, this this is kind of what we've already said before, but I guess it's coming at a different angle. Um, Like, we would interact with, with sheep of all shapes and sizes and personalities, right? Like, we wouldn't form these clicks, which I, you were talking about before. Um, yeah. Like, like we're, that's in, what they would see. Right. Like yeah. Like if we were inclined group. to just go to certain types of people and we can do that oftentimes in the church, like it shows I'm not interested in hanging out with those other people. So say I'm, I'm 29 and say, I don't want to hang out with the people in their sixties. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, I don't get those baby boomers, mm-hmm. you know, um, or something like that. Like that would show like, you know, maybe there is something I don't get. Maybe there is a mm-hmm. distance and they probably feel similar to me, but mm-hmm. like, the gospel should bring us together. And if mm-hmm. I truly care about them, it transcends those mm-hmm. differences. Right. Um, another one would be that I would say is this idea that we, granted, we are able to be critical in the sense of offering positive criticism and trying to improve things um, in our own lives and lives mm-hmm. of others in the body. But there, mm-hmm. I think it would avoid, we would avoid a certain judgmental spirit, like a yeah. judgmentalism, mm-hmm. this like overly negative um, like moaning of of all the wrongs, the grumbling sort of attitude, mm-hmm. um, because we're gonna have a we're going to want to view the church positively. We're mm-hmm. going we're gonna see the value of the church, yeah. Um, even despite its flaws that we do care about and that we do point out and that we want to see improved. Yeah, I, I like the way you worded that because you, you somebody could almost hear this conversation and assume like, well, I guess we should never point out what's wrong in the church something like yeah no, like sweep actually, everything under the rug yeah. pretend it's all okay yeah. and just never no, speak bad yeah. of it yeah and it, and it might be so I, th- I think sometimes in the church it might be something is going on at the church that needs to be changed i don't see it because i'm not wired that way or like i don't have those types of gifts but god has given particular people a burden and a vision for something um and they should bring that critique forward and that would be good but you're, I, I like how you then say it's not, doesn't it's not that doesn't have to be judgmental. Yeah, uh, it can be with looking out for the good of the bride of Christ and wanting to serve and sacrifice. Yeah, where sometimes you might even be able to tell like it's easier to just point out something and say I don't like that that's wrong and kind of with the attitude of like go fix it. Yeah, or I'm getting out of here. Yeah, versus like hey I see this issue this problem like it's hindering us like yes. I care about our progress yeah, and, here. and what yeah. can we do like and you kind of. Include yourself. Yeah. And like, I want to be a part of the solution, too. And I, I think that can be an indicator there. Another one would be 
a willingness to sacrifice even when we don't always feel like it, which I think we talked about right, a yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, like if we truly love the church, one of the indicators is that we're willing to like um, you could say the things that you love are indicated by um, your watch and your wallet, mm-hmm. um, your time mm-hmm. and your money in some respect, like what you, what you where you put your money really shows what you love, where you put your time shows what mm-hmm. you love. Mm-hmm. Um, if you tra- translate that into relationships, like are you pouring into other people? Mm-hmm. Are you taking the time for them, um, investing in them? Like it, it, you can't, you can't say you love someone and not actually like do it. If you don't yeah. like your right. your love is proven by your by your action right. in that respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, one other one would be kind of orienting your life around the local church rather than the, the local church just kind of getting your leftovers. Right. I mean, this whole idea of God viewing the church, like being absolutely crazy about the church and adoring the church, like you, you just don't get the sense that the church is kind of getting God's leftovers. Yeah. Right? I mean, God is like giving himself to a people. I am yours and you are mine. Yeah. Right. It, this is like, this is family. Yeah. And uh, I, I think if somebody were to do a study, like they could tell whether or not we really have that view of, if we to then say, okay, I'm increasingly oriented in my life around the local church, my time, my resources. Uh, obviously, it doesn't mean that I'm... Like you don't do anything else. Yeah. You neglect your family or, yeah. your, or education or career. Or yeah. But we we are in an individualistic culture, and we've been trained since little ones to, you know, think, look out for number one first. Yeah. And so there there needs to be like a reshaping of of our minds. There's just... No, this that's the air we breathe, right? Yeah. We can't avoid it, and this, you know, I would say even as long as, you know, we're probably breathing this air here. It's like we need it's you know, going to be affecting renewal us. Yeah. Of like, no, this is not about me, and like, I I want to sacrifice and serve and orient my life and my family around the local church, yeah. Christ's bride. That's yeah. worth that's worth sitting on, I think, for a little bit too, because it's like how many of us would think, um where I buy my house, like in connection to mm-hmm. our church. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people, they move somewhere and then they find a church Right. versus yeah. like, I want, this is a church I'm going to invest in. Why don't I buy a house? Like I know you and I, we both bought houses like within five minutes basically mm-hmm. of where we meet as a church. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know, I know for both of us, we did that intentionally mm-hmm. because we want to be like right in this neighborhood and not to say that there aren't reasons to live farther away, yeah. but like just as an example or like something like, um, your career, like how many of us think, mm-hmm. should I take this promotion or should I take this sort of step in my career as it relates to my ability to serve the church? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's a host of those things. Yeah. I think of like, in, in yeah, first, I mean, if you just ahead. camp out on that one a little bit, because it's like, you know, one of the questions that people might ask if they're, Hey, there's this new job opening, like, you know, stayed over, like typically in our culture, you're going to at least ask the the question a little bit like how is this going to affect my family life yeah. now yeah, yeah, we're yeah. actually in a culture where you don't ask that as much right i mean it's very common for people to live all over the country as you as you get older right yeah um in other parts of the world that's that's not always common or in, in the, the in yeah. history right and and to be but, fair like there we understand there are like circumstances that can totally, everyone's totally, absolutely are yeah i mean we're not we're not married to the church like in the sense right like you you can move you can right? go to a different church for sure yeah yeah, totally. like in a yes. different area. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it's but it's the idea. At least that question comes to mind: is how is this going to affect my family? But then that's the, we would normally ask that question. But at least then, how in me moving? How does this affect 
the church. My church involvement. Yeah. yeah. It's not to say that there aren't like, yeah, don't overhear what we're saying here. Like there are, right. there's obviously things to consider with like where you live, careers and all that. Yeah. But we're just simply trying to raise a question like those sort of examples at least um, bring up the, the question like, does it cross our mind? Do yeah. you think about right, like right. when I take career choices, like does this, this career facilitate my involvement in the church, service church? And if it's not like, what's more important, my career mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. um, or my ability to serve the, the family that will exist for all mm-hmm. eternity. Mm-hmm. That's the very locus of where God is, where God is working redemption and renewal yeah. in this world. Yeah. Um, I think of, a passage when you're talking before about this, I think of that passage in the, I think it's in the pastoral epistle where Paul says like, no soldier gets entangled with civilian affairs. Mm -hmm. Like there is, we're on a mission. The Mm -hmm. people are, we are soldiers on a mission and we Mm -hmm. don't like, there is a life orienting orientating. I can never say that word. I think I might be making it up. The, Mm -hmm. the, the, the church, our life is centered around the church in many respects. Mm -hmm. Um, because the church isn't just some Sunday thing, in other words. It's not yeah. some peripheral thing, like you said, the leftovers. Um, mm-hmm. We want to be careful to get ourselves entangled yeah. in other things. Yeah. For, were you going to say something? No, I, just, I feel a little sensitive on this one in terms of like people overhearing us. And right, I, and absolutely. I, I can see you feel it, too. Yeah. Because um, I'm also thinking about the how close we live. or, or something. I, I don't like to drive so much. To, yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like, well, if I can just over there in like two minutes yeah. i'd rather do that it's worth but, caveating yeah. all because there are saying. a yeah. lot of people that you know i mean i remember when we lived downtown chicago and like like danica just walked to work or you know she worked on campus you know and it's yeah. just like people would drive an hour every just to get to work and then drive an hour and that's home. chicago and yeah. so like there's all yeah. these different factors but even here like people yeah. will you know they drive, drive for yeah. like that's just not our style yeah and, but some people are okay with commuting you know 15 20 minutes but we've had members here that that lived, I don't know, it was probably 17, 18 minutes to get here. And they were super involved. Like, yeah. a commute didn't bother them at all. Yeah. So you can totally do it. Um, but it's kind of like, I want to live in a place close enough where I can be giving invested myself. Invested in that community. Yeah. yeah. It's more the mind. So you don't over, again, I think it's totally worth adding yeah, yeah. all that. It's more like, what's the mindset? Yeah. I think of like, First <clears throat> Corinthians chapter 7. This passage always strikes me in this way, where Paul is talking about marriage and... Um, people who aren't married and things like that. And what's really interesting is when he's talking about the folks who aren't married, he actually raises like the issue, like it might be better for you to stay mm, unmarried right, right. to serve the kingdom. Right. Like that's the sort of mindset. Now, listen, so, so to kind of yeah. get into how we were nuancing this, Paul also nuances it. He says like, well, listen, if you, if you need to get married, get married. Right. right? Yeah. Like everyone's circumstance is a little bit different, yeah. but he's at least raising the question. Like, mm-hmm. and how radical is that? Mm-hmm. Like how many of us would think, should I get married? Because mm-hmm. maybe if I don't get married, I'd be able to serve the church more. I'd be able mm-hmm. to invest myself more in the advance yeah. of, of God's kingdom. Like that is a radical mm-hmm. approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that I think that's a just a really challenging perspective that mm-hmm. Paul gives us there. Yeah. All right. So that's our uh, our second episode um, on God's view for the church. Again, if you enjoyed this and found this encouraging, we would love it if you would share this with others on social media and such, as well as you can leave a review. Um, next time we will get into, as we've talked about the church in the in that title, Church Theology, next time we're going to get into theology itself and start talking about what is theology and why does it matter for the church. Until next time. Okay.